Welcome to the Tap Into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder, discusses the latest research, reports and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hi, thanks for joining me. The word safety audit often have managers and employees cringing. But although the task may be daunting, the main benefit of regularly conducting audits is that they assist in the continuous improvement of your organisation's health and safety procedures. For this podcast, we provide the underpinning questions behind any safety audit, what you need to do to prepare, and how to select an unbiased, balanced team. We help you to determine the scope of the safety audit and list a series of questions your team should ask during the safety audit. Your safety audit data should reveal your strengths and weaknesses in the areas of safety compliance, critical risk and controls, employee safety knowledge, training and safety resources. We discuss how to collate your safety audit data, understand the information, document improvements and create positive change. The purpose behind performing a safety audit is to determine compliance with work health and safety obligations relating to your workplace and your employees' safety. Evidence of compliance is the first order of business, but safety orders can also help you to identify risks in your workplace as well as the severity of those risks and whether the highest levels of controls are in place. It should also reveal your strengths and weaknesses in your safety processes and procedures, and it should show where and how to make recommended improvements. It should reveal the resources that you have available to manage work health and safety, and that you're using those resources efficiently and effectively. An audit should assess whether safety processes and procedures are legally compliant and it should help you to eliminate unsafe practices and remove or effectively control hazards. You should conduct an internal safety audit at least once a year to help you to improve your processes over time and to identify areas that need more work. A safety audit can only be as good as the professionals who conduct it. You need to form a team with the necessary knowledge and experience in how your organisation should safely conduct its business. Although many companies prefer to do their audits in-house, some bring in outside consultants to guarantee this expertise. If you opt to conduct a safety audit in-house, we recommend that you appoint a team of three to five employees representing a variety of departments. To ensure neutrality and limit bias, team members should not audit their own department. A fresh set of eyes is better at spotting any issues a supervisor or manager may fail to notice. The safety audit team must be educated on all relevant laws, work health and safety regulations and other standards. Also, they should understand risk, hazards, control measures and how to spot a breach. 
There are four guiding principle questions to consider when you conduct your audit to help you collect the most revealing safety audit data. The first is, does your safety system cover all regulatory and best industry practice requirements? Secondly, are the requirements being met? Number three, is there documented proof of compliance? Finally, is your employee training effective? Can and do they apply specific safe behaviours to address workplace hazards? When you conduct your safety audit, you should address each safety program requirement taking note of all the deficiencies. When you go to the physical location of the selected area to observe the work, you should ask detailed questions of the employees working in that area to gather as much relevant information as possible. It's also a good idea to use audit checklists that cover all safety objectives and applicable regulations so you don't miss anything. So you've chosen your team and you're ready to get started. There are five steps that you can take to prepare for a successful safety audit. Step one, one week before conducting the safety audit, inform all managers and supervisors so that all the necessary documents, records and procedures will be readily available when the audit begins. Step two, the audit team should review all past audits and corrective action recommendations, as well as the legal requirements and training requirements for the specific programs or areas. Step three, review all company, local, state and federal requirements for the specific program. Also become familiar with the document, inspection and training requirements. Step four, determine the scope of the audit based on accident and inspection reports and input from various managers. Finally, step five, set a start and stop time and date for the audit. Now let's look at determining the scope of your safety audit. It's critical to gather data as part of your initial research and fact-finding. And the easiest and most efficient way to do this is to assign specific tasks to each of your audit team members. You need to clearly define the area they will be auditing to ensure that they gather all the applicable information. Now safety audit should cover the following six areas. The first is employee knowledge. You need to determine their understanding of critical risks and control measures when at work completing their tasks. The second is a written program review. You need to compare the company's safety programs to the work health and safety requirements for hazard identification, hazard control, record keeping and employee training. Number three is program administration you need to check the implementation and management of specific program requirements. Fourthly, you need to conduct a review of your records and documents, to check for missing or incomplete documents, to confirm compliance and ongoing competencies. Number five, equipment, plant and material. You need to determine their applicability in controlling hazards for the specific program or work that you conduct. And finally, you need to do a general area walkthrough to spot hazards and areas that need additional protections to be put in place.
We've identified six areas that you need to cover in your safety audit and we've suggested that you assign them to specific audit team members. For each of the six areas outlined, there are several questions the audit team members should ask. Firstly, do we have a current workplace health and safety policy? When was it last reviewed? Do we have in place a schedule to conduct an annual review? Do we have an up-to-date incident register? Are our employees regularly and effectively using the incident register? Do we have a process in place for communicating work health and safety issues to our employees? Do we have an appointed health and safety representative in each location? Is our training up to date for employees and health and safety representatives? Are we effectively recording in the meeting minutes all work health and safety issues and are they stored in an easy to find and manageable location? Is our first aid kit fully stocked? And is everyone aware of how to access it and what to do if they use some of the materials? Is all of our signage up to date and appropriately displayed for any hazards? Do we have all the required personal protective equipment? Is it in good repair and within the use-by date and is it easily accessible by employees? If previous incidents have occurred, have we investigated and documented the solutions to ensure we don't have a repeat? Do we regularly review the work health and safety conduct of our staff in performance reviews? Do we regularly consult with industry regarding the work health and safety requirements of our business? And finally, do our inductions of new employees, including work health and safety procedures, include guidance on mental health? Now that's just a series of questions to help you get started. However, there are likely to be additional questions that you need to ask that are pertinent to your business, particularly when you carry out high-risk work. After your safety team has completed the information gathering, it's time to sift through all the data. The purpose is to arrange the material to address any deficiencies as well as noting any positive feedback. The types of documents that you should collate are written programs, procedures, work practices, equipment inspections, incident reports, and training completions, and those that are scheduled. Incident reports are particularly insightful because they reveal areas of potential problems. Detailed incident reports help auditors better apply scrutiny to known problem areas. All safety audit comments, recommendations and corrective actions should consider whether the audited program covers all regulatory and best industry practice requirements. You should also determine whether you're meeting those requirements or whether you are documenting proof of compliance. It's also essential to conclude how effective employee training is in producing safe behaviour. Once you organise and review the safety audit data, the next step is to develop recommended actions for each deficiency. Auditors should include a consequence or impact or effect 
of why something has occurred. Determining the cause and discussing the best action to take can lead to a better outcome. Examining the impact and effect of the deficiency helps to prioritise your recommendations for improvement. Remember, when prioritising your recommended actions, you should refer to the hierarchy of hazard controls. Also, you should determine the manner and means in which you are managing the current deficiencies to determine if there is a more straightforward procedure that you can use. On the positive side, you should note the processes that are working well because you can learn valuable lessons from them. You may be able to apply these effective processes to address the gaps and shortcomings in other areas of the business. When developing your recommendations, you should consider the consequence of these actions. Will your suggestions only make more rules, require extra record keeping, or interfere with production tasks? Or will they make the organisation safer and still achieve satisfactory production levels? After determining your recommendations for efficiencies that emerge from the safety audit data, you need to develop a corrective action plan. To most effectively develop an action plan, you should involve the managers and supervisors of the work area. After all, they will be the people who will need to execute the corrections and support the changes that you recommend. Now, there are three categories in a corrective action plan, non-compliance, observation, and opportunity for improvement. Starting with non-compliance, this is where your organisation is in breach of a requirement and urgent action is required to fix any non-compliant issues. If you can't rectify the contravention in a day or two, then a notice to remedy with a due date must be provided. The second category is observation. This is an opinion of the auditing team and therefore is subjective. The organisation can decide whether to implement any changes based on the advice provided. However, it isn't mandatory. The third category is the opportunity for improvement. And it's here that you would make a suggestion for making a change that could lead to a better outcome. Once again, this action is not mandatory. When you set the corrective action plan priorities, you should base them on the level of risk they create as per the hierarchy of hazard controls. You should communicate to all relevant personnel, support the action with appropriate training, and assign a completion and review date to all the corrective actions. Usually, audits reveal the need for major corrective actions that need to happen immediately and minor actions that the company should consider for continual improvement. Therefore, some of the corrective actions that you may need to take, you may need to include in your long-term objectives and targets because they may require careful planning and budgeting. The audit team should work with managers and supervisors to set priorities and base them on the level of hazard each finding presents. And obviously, items that pose the most significant risk should receive priority over things with lower risk values. Once they have conducted the audit, your team members should compile all their notes into a report to summarise the findings to present to management. 
It's vital that the report is concise and reflects the areas that need improvement and the positive practices that you identify. Try to use a tabular format with graphs, diagrams and photos because this makes the information easier to understand. The report should include the areas that were audited, information on who conducted the audit, a list of all employees that were interviewed, the findings and perspectives of all audit team members, and a list of recommended actions and areas for improvement based on the audit findings. It is essential to let all supervisors and managers know the safety audit findings and recommendations. Here, you also have an opportunity to acknowledge departments, managers and supervisors who are correctly executing their safety responsibilities. Your employees also like to know what's going well and where improvements will happen. Many organisations post their safety audit data on their company intranet pages, in common areas or other appropriate venues to encourage transparency, champion safe practice and let their employees and others see the status of safety in their business. This practice acknowledges the audit team as well as the contributions of managers and employees who are part of the process. Safety audit data can stimulate conversations to promote safe practice and support continuous improvements through future audits and other safety activities. I'd now like to summarise the key points in conducting a safety audit. First of all, you should do it annually. At the outset, you should understand the underpinning questions behind the safety audit to guide you in the process. Next, you need to select an unbiased, balanced team and from there you need to determine the scope of the safety audit. The audit should cover six key areas, including employee knowledge, a review of your programs to ensure that they meet your work health and safety obligations and that they are administered correctly, a review of your documentation that proves compliance and competence, a review of your equipment, plant and materials, and a general walkthrough to spot any hazards that may have been missed. You should encourage your audit team to ask probing questions during the safety audit as they work through each department to help to reveal any gaps that you need to address. Out of your review, you should determine your recommendations for improvement together with supervisors and managers and develop a corrective action plan. The hazard hierarchy of controls will help you to prioritise what corrective actions you should tackle first. Finally, a safety audit report should be sent to managers for review and made public to all employees, supervisors and department managers to support any corrective actions and to recognise those who are correctly meeting their safety responsibilities. I hope that this podcast has been useful and is helpful when you have to conduct your next safety audit. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics, or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.